Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of the Competitive Enablement Show. I'm your host, Brandon Bedford, Competitive Enablement Manager at Clue. And a few weeks back, we hosted an AMA session all about AI and CI. We asked the community, what are your hottest questions right now about how AI is going to impact competitive enablement? And we got over 60 questions. And so we're doing our very first mailbag episode where I'm going to riff through some of my favorite questions and give you my raw take. I tried to do as minimal prep as possible. So you're getting some real answers here right off the hop. All right, let's dive in. What is the best platform with the lowest hallucination ratio? Obviously, that's Clue, but let's let's take this more seriously. There's a lot of AI platforms out there. There's ChatGPT, there's Anthropic, there's Google Bard. And so I think what this community member is asking is, you know, one, what are the best platforms out there to use? But the lowest hallucination ratio is really interesting. So accuracy is obviously a huge issue in, I mean, everything related to generative AI, but especially in competitive intelligence. You do not want to risk giving your sales rep some outdated or inaccurate talk track. And so, yeah, wondering what the lowest hallucination ratio is an important question. For the best platform, I would I would really think about the kind of platform you're using. So Clue, for instance, is dedicated to competitive intelligence. As we're building AI more and more into our platform, we are really thinking about how we weight certain data, how to make sure that the outputs are as accurate as possible. Whereas if you're using ChatGPT or a more public, low-cost LLM, that's, I think, where you're going to see more risks of hallucinations. It's pulling from all of the public data on the web, and it's a little bit harder to control what inputs are going to that tool. And this relates to another question, actually, which I want to touch on, which is how do you balance inputs to get the right output? And I think that's one way you can think about minimizing hallucinations. If you've used a prompt-based generative AI tool in the past, you know that you could just go in and ask a question and just kind of prompt raw right out of the gate. But in order to get a more accurate question, uh, and more accurate answer rather, you may want to provide some context or guidance as you get to your question. So for instance, you might give the generative AI tool some, some context and say, hey, Imagine you're a VP of product marketing or you're a competitive intelligence manager at XYZ company. You can provide some of those inputs to then frame the output that you get. Now, this might not ensure accuracy, but you will get a more contextual answer. Another way that you can provide inputs is actually providing data. So depending on the platform or the tool you use, you could, for instance, upload some documents. Now, this is where we get into security. Again, related to another question we got, how can we safely use AI to capture competitive intel from disparate sources? And I think this is one of the risks of using a public low-cost or no-cost LLM is if you input data into this LLM, it's likely going to get shared into the rest of the LLM. And again, something that we are hearing quite often from our customers is how do we prevent that? How do we make sure that our data is ours and we're not sharing our secret sauce with our potentially our competitors if they're using that LLM? And so, again, I think these questions are all quite related. A couple things that you know I would advise. One, understand the terms and conditions of the AI tool that you're using. If you upload data, is that going to be shared into the LLM? And do you have your own kind of instance of that AI tool? And then, 
if you do have that, if you do have that security and, and kind of trust in place, that's where I'd start to think about the sources that you could use as inputs. Maybe you want to upload some win-loss interviews or surveys. Maybe you want to upload some of your Slack conversations or call recordings. These are all things that we're thinking about at Clue, and you're going to see some exciting you know, product development coming soon, hint, hint. But that's how I would really think about balancing inputs and outputs, controlling that hallucination ratio, and also making sure that you're safely using AI tools to answer competitive questions. All right, let's move on to another topic here. This is an interesting one that I really liked. How do you ensure data integrity and correctness and differentiate between marketing fluff and real product information? And the way I interpreted this question was, if you're using, say, ChatGPT, and you ask it about one of your competitors, it's going to pull information from the public web. The public web, however, has your competitors' marketing pages, their website, their blog, and they might be, you know, to put it as this question uh, puts it, there might be a lot of marketing fluff out there that isn't perfectly accurate to the way that competitor's product actually works, or perhaps more importantly, how buyers are actually using the product, right? And that's just the reality, I think, of, you know, whether you like it or not, modern marketing is some of the weaknesses of the product or the intricacies or difficulties are not going to be found on the competitor's website. And so when, when we think about data integrity and correctness, I think if you're using ChatGPT, I think you just have to be aware of that, that it is going to be pulling information from the public web. And that is simply a limitation. You are not going to be able to find necessarily those same weaknesses. Now, there's some things you can do. For instance, you could direct your AI tool of choice to look at customer reviews, right? One of the AI features we released uh, recently in Clue is what we call review insights. So Clue pulls information from a ton of different customer review sources on the web, G2, TrustRadius, TrustPilot. And through those reviews, we can pull some of those weaknesses. These are real things that you know, users of these products have shared. Hey, I didn't like this about the product. So there, are, there is certainly some product information out there that is public that will provide you, you know, some of that real information that cuts through the fluff. But again, it's going to be limited to whatever is publicly available. And again, that's where we really get excited about AI and CI is as AI becomes more developed and more purpose built for specific applications like competitive intelligence, you're going to be able to tap into more niche, more proprietary data sources. For example, at Clue, we're investing heavily in win-loss. Win-loss, not just CRM data and what your sales reps are saying about why they won and lost deals. This is real firsthand information from buyers on why they chose you, why they chose the competitor. And it's coming from, you know, in some cases, surveys, but in many cases, deep interviews where we or your team are sitting with the buyer and really understanding what they liked and didn't like. And that's not something that ChatGPT will be able to pull from the web. And so that's where we, we really get excited about AI and how we can start getting data that's beyond just the public web. This, again, relates to another question. There's a, there's a theme here. A lot of these questions were related, and so hopefully I'm, I'm jumping around to themes and topics that are interesting. This is super related to this question. Where do you see a place for AI in win-loss? And I kind of alluded to this, but 
as mentioned, we're, we're investing very heavily into win-loss here at Clue. When we think about win-loss, we're not just thinking about CRM data or competitive win rates. That is, of course, an important part of win-loss analysis. But the way we think about win-loss is ultimately, why are we winning and why are we losing? And the best way to get that intel is through first-party information, by sitting down with buyers, by sitting down with your customers or churned customers and asking them, why did they choose your solution or why did they choose the competitor solution? And again, one of the big benefits of working with Clue or with a third party of any sort is that many buyers are going to be more forthright with a third party researcher than say with your sales team. And so they're going to be able to dig deeper into the real reasons why you won or lost. That is really, really unique data because, again, that's not going to be found publicly and it's probably not going to be found in your CRM. And so to get back to this question, where do we see a place for AI in win-loss? We really see win-loss as a very unique proprietary data source that is going to have a ton of insight that many public AI tools just simply won't be able to achieve. And so as we build in more AI functionality into the Clue platform, you're going to be able to get much more accurate, much more rich answers when you go and ask AI, hey, tell me about why we're better than this competitor. And so that's where we, we really get fired up about AI and win-loss. I know I'm talking a lot about Clue, but hopefully this is helpful even if you're not using Clue because win-loss is a super powerful set of data. Whether you're using Clue or not, we highly recommend you speak to your buyers, whether you have someone within your organization that can do that, maybe on your product marketing team, or if you work with a third-party consultancy or agency that can go and research this information firsthand from your buyers. And another question here, which I thought was super interesting, it kind of starts off, you know, what's the best way to use AI and CI, which we've kind of touched on already. But the second part of this question is really uh, interesting. Where should we not use AI and CI? And I think this is where we start to get into the realm of what are the limitations of AI? Again, kind of alluded to already, but I want to really double click here. AI, and really we're talking about generative AI here because there's a lot of different types of AI that have existed for a long time, but I think where everyone's getting excited right about now is around generative AI. ChatGPT, these prompt-based tools that are able to you know, pull a bunch of data through a large language model and then provide an answer in kind of text form. Where not to use that, I would say, is where you get into the real nitty gritty of a competitive competitive information or a competitive deal if you're supporting sales. So what do I mean by that? You know, when you're in a competitive deal, there's obviously high level talk tracks and high level uh, differentiators that you want to understand, right? Why are we better than the competition? Here are our top three reasons. Here are the top three reasons that we lose, et cetera. I think using AI there is actually you know, totally fine. That's where you can get some directional themes on what are our strengths, what are our competitor strengths, et cetera. Where I would be careful using AI is when you get into the details. So as an example, you know, if you need to put together a comparison table or a leave behind asset, right? Maybe you're putting together a one pager or a slide deck for your sales team. That's where AI might, you might want to be more careful because for a couple of reasons. One, you're getting into maybe more detailed product information that AI might not be able to find the right answer to. 
Uh, secondly, if it's something that's a leave-behind asset, like a one-pager or a slide deck, that's something that the sales rep will send out to a prospective client, and then they will have that document and are going to read it with or without the context from your sales team. That's where you don't want to have any mistakes or inaccuracies. So that's the way I would think about using AI and CI. I mean, just like any other use case, quite frankly, if, if you've used ChatGPT to say, draft a blog post or do some research, you've probably noticed this already that it gets kind of 90% there, but you might need to do some final edits. So, you I mean, that's maybe a good litmus test. If there's an asset or a piece of content that you wouldn't want to just send out 90% complete, then maybe you don't want to use AI for that. Or at the very least, you can use AI to get started, but then make sure you're curating and validating that intel before it's being used. And another question here, this one was really unique, so uh, I want to see where this one goes. Uh, this question uh, starts off, it seems like our board is not taking this topic of AI as seriously as they should. It reminds me of the InfoSec awareness back in the 2000s. How can we accelerate their interest, their being the board, and sell the benefits of managing AI sooner rather than later? So this is a little bit outside of CI, but I think it's a really interesting topic that's worth talking about, which is AI is kind of the hot thing of 2023, but not all companies are adopting it at the same rate. And so if you're if you found yourself at a company that is still maybe unsure of the air, their AI strategy or is maybe a little bit hesitant, um, you should leave. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, OK, in, in all seriousness, don't leave. But I think there's an interesting opportunity there if you're really passionate about AI. I mean, at Clue, I've said this before. We really believe that AI could be this next platform shift, just like the Internet, just like mobile. And that's going to become clearer and clearer over the coming years. And so if your company is, you know, hesitant, I mean, one, don't be discouraged, firstly, because I think there, there's reason to be hesitant. There's a lot going on in the space. And I'm going to touch on another question that hits on that. But the other piece here is that's an opportunity for maybe you to elevate yourself within the organization. It, it sounds like whoever asked this question has some level of access to the board, whether you're an executive yourself or maybe you work with an executive closely. I mean, just anecdotally from the customers and the, you know, the companies that I've been speaking with, a lot of companies just don't know and they're looking for someone in their organization that can guide them. I mean, what is competitive intelligence and market intelligence at the end of the day? It is helping executive teams, sales teams, product teams navigate the unknown. And AI is introducing a ton of unknown. So to this person, I mean, I can't tell you exactly how this is going to play out similar to InfoSec back in the 2000s. I mean, I wasn't working back then, but I think there is a really interesting opportunity to be that person, to step up and say, hey, here's what I found. Here's some of the research I've done. Here's some of the interesting tools and applications of AI that I found, competitive intelligence maybe being one of them, and actually bringing those insights to the board, to the executive team. Because just because they're hesitant does not mean that they're against AI or they're not going to embrace it eventually. And so here we have another question. Again, similar topic, but I think it's connected. Which criteria can we use to distinguish AI hype from trends? Um, I wish I could give you specific criteria, but I want to riff a little bit on this topic because it's important. As mentioned, we really do think AI is the next big thing. That being said, there is a lot of hype right now, and there could be a bubble in terms of 
the potential. Maybe, you know, things kind of settle over the next year and we find out, you know, what is the wheat and what is the chaff in terms of AI applications, or maybe things continue developing. Maybe, you know, GPT-5 comes out and it things just accelerate even faster. And so I guess what we would recommend is, is now is the time to experiment, try different things. Yes, some of these things might not work out, but AI certainly is a difference maker. I mean, we've seen it with our clients within our own tool. AI is really accelerating the speed at which a competitive enablement manager like myself can collect intelligence, analyze intelligence, summarize intelligence, distribute insights. All these things are faster. Now, does someone have to validate and verify the, the, that intel? Of course, but it really is powerful. And so what I would say here, you know, to distinguish that, I mean, try it, try it for yourself. Use these tools, uh, get in there and play around with the AI um, because we are really on the precipice. And I think there's no better way to find out than just trying it for yourself. And a perfect follow-up question here. How does this help you, this being AI, of course, how does AI help you be faster, more accurate, and or more insightful? So I think there's a couple different ways. I mean, in competitive intelligence, competitive enablement, there's a ton of stuff happening, especially nowadays. I mean, I don't know about you, but the number of companies, the number of topics that I'm keeping track of for our sales team, for our executive team is exploding because there's just so much happening, obviously in AI itself in this kind of meta fashion, but also because of the way markets have been, there's been consolidation. There's been, you know, different market players moving into new categories. And if you're noticing this in your category, then it just means there's more work to be done and there's less time to do it. And so that's perhaps the most you know, immediate impact that AI is having that I'm experiencing myself, but I'm also seeing with a lot of our clients is you're just able to get through more data faster. AI is really powerful at taking lots of data points and summarizing it. You know, Clue Review Insights is just one example. Instead of having to read through a thousand reviews or even a hundred reviews online, you can get Clue to give you the top strengths and weaknesses from all of those reviews. That saves an infinite amount of time. Like that's so, it's almost immeasurable how long that would take to go through all those reviews. So I think being faster is a huge benefit of AI right now. I think over time though, that's where we get into more insightful. So I, I loved how this person framed the question. I think immediately, like this is, you know, the first couple innings of AI, maybe still the top of the first inning. Being faster is kind of what we're already starting to see, but I think we're going to start to see more novel insights that AI could generate. I'm going to use review insights as an example once again. Those insights that Clue pulls from these reviews, like could I even realistically get those insights? Like I, I, there is no reality where I would read through hundreds of reviews. And so you could, yes, that's making me faster, but you could almost argue that that's generating brand new insights that I would not have had before. I mean, sure, I can read a review here or there and get some anecdotes, but that's where I think we see the potential of AI to be able to tap into a huge amount of data and pull out an insight that it would just take humans way too long to figure out. And that's where we get really excited. I mean, some examples are win-loss interviews or survey surveys, rather, CRM data, call recordings. You know, if anyone here uses Gong or Chorus or even just has Zoom recordings, I mean, sure, you'll you'll listen to a handful here or there, but I mean, your sales team is having hundreds of calls potentially every single week. And so 
that's where I think AI is going to not only make you faster, but it's going to generate brand new insights. And maybe we'll finish off on this question because I think it's a little bit different, but might still be interesting to some of you. In your opinion, what is the best market positioning for AI? Being the one that's pushing innovation, being a follower, or waiting and seeing and just buying technology from others. And so this will be most relevant if you're at a technology company and you're you know, exploring AI. I mean, I can share from Clue's perspective, we want to be the leader. We want to be experimenting in AI. We have basically, you know, I'd say the majority of our product team is in the, in the thick of it, trying to figure out where does AI pan out. Now, are we going to try some experiments that don't work out? Of course, but we want to be the ones trying those things out, seeing what sticks, seeing what doesn't, so that our customers can benefit from it. And that's not for everyone, by the way. I mean, Clue, we are, you know, I would still argue we're a startup. We're 200, 230 people. If you're a large, you know, organization with tens of thousands of uh, employees, it might make more sense to take a follower approach and, you know, let some other companies do that experimentation first. But I thought that would be an interesting piece to share if you're in that situation, but also just so you can hear from us around what Clue's stance is on AI and how we're thinking about this paradigm shift. We want to be right on the edge, even if that means we, you know, break a few eggs to make the omelet. And so we'll close up there. As mentioned, I mean, there's there's way more questions here that we could answer. Uh, and maybe we'll do another mailbag episode in the future if uh, if this gets uh, some views. So, I mean, if you like this episode, give it a, a thumbs up in your favorite podcast platform. Um, but to wrap up, maybe I'll just share some of my summarized thoughts. I think, I mean, I kind of touched on it right there. AI, we think, is the next platform shift. You know, if just like mobile, where every company had to become a mobile company, we do believe that every company is going to have to incorporate AI in some way, whether that's you using AI in your own product or purchasing AI tools, it is just going to become more and more embedded in our, in our work lives. And so that's really what we're here to do is to integrate AI into competitive intelligence and enablement, as well as win loss. So this is Brandon Bedford. It's been a fun episode. Let me know what y'all think and I'll see you next time.